0: well hello there and welcome back to another episode of the vision driven mom podcast i am so glad that you're here now i know you've heard me say this week after week but it really warms my heart that you keep coming back to these conversations and that you're finding as much value in them as i do now these incredible women that i get to meet here on the podcast they're an example that we are resourced we are supported and that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Now, I think you're really going to love this next conversation. It's all about what it really means to take your yoga off the mat and into mom life. But before I introduce my next guest, I wanted to let you know about something really big that's coming soon. I'm starting a movement. No, really, the Vision Driven Mom movement is coming and I cannot wait to share it with you. It's been percolating in my mind and in my heart for years, and it's finally making its way into the world. Because what I've learned throughout this journey called motherhood is that we can do anything together. Now, the Vision Driven Mom movement is all about creating a new intentional legacy for our families and generations to come. It's about shifting the generational patterns of of being for families. It's about moving toward what we want for ourselves, our families, and the world. It's about letting go of the old way and creating something new and unique for families worldwide. Now it's about taking your yoga off the mat and into the world in a way that only you can. Now I'm putting the finishing touches on the Vision Driven Mom Movement right now and I cannot wait to share it with you. But in the meantime, be on the lookout for the announcement. Now, if you haven't already, download, download the Vibe Care Toolkit at VibeCareToolkit.com. That will get you on my email list and you'll be the first to know about all the goodness that's yet to come. Now, my guest today is a dear friend and this conversation was a reunion of sorts. And I'm so grateful to share her work with you. Suzanne Zan, she likes to be called Zan Ballantyne, fell in love with the word practice while in graduate school and then gradually and gently espoused the idea in her own life, which resulted in a path of practice that includes yoga and meditation. Both of these are fundamentally practice-based sciences. The principles of which Suzanne teaches in her yoga classes, she offers, she offers in her eclectic meditation teachings and introduces to her coaching clients so they can begin to apply them in their own lives and personal practices as well. And now introducing my dear friend, Zan. This is the Vision Driven Mom podcast and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman. For moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood from fear, loss, and heartbreak to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime. So let's enjoy the ride together. Well, Zan, I am so excited to have you here. It's like we talked about a little while ago. It's kind of a reunion because we haven't seen each other in years. And we have so much to talk about um, today and always, Um, but can you share with the listeners a little bit about your journey and how you got to be um, where you are today?
1: Sure. First of all, I just want to say thanks for having me and just how incredibly comfortable it feels to be sitting here chatting with you after a little bit of not uh, seeing each other. Yeah, so thanks for having me and and thanks for making this such an easy process. You're a natural at this. Oh, thank you. Thank Um, you. I don't know where to start. We all have long stories. (laughs) We do. (laughs) And and as we go through our stories, we can look back and see, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, so much of it, right? Right. So there's this, um, what uh, Lama Surya Das calls the pithy information about life, what created the path that we find ourselves on. And I remember as a child being the spiritual one in my family if you Mm -hmm. will um but not necessarily adapting to um adapting necessarily to the way it was being presented to me as in i always say i was born a poor irish catholic girl but it turned (laughs) out i'm not that irish not that poor and not that catholic so (laughs) (laughs) but we are steeped in our ancestral tea right um imitating Imitating our mothers, imitating our grandmothers, and so on—you know, the ones we've met and the ones we've never met—and yet we've met them, right? <laughs> we've met them in our demons and um, and the way we manage life. Anyway, long story short, when I was nineteen, I was attracted to the idea of taking the history and practice of Christian meditation mm-hmm. because I thought, wow, nobody told me there was Christian meditation. Right. You know, I thought it was uh, Buddhist. I thought it was, I thought it came in other Eastern cultures that weren't really part of ours and so i learned a bit about that and in retrospect of course i was young and naive and i didn't really get it it wasn't you know i got it in some way obviously because i was attracted to it and Mm -hmm. i kept sort of going back to it for some reason but i didn't understand why and in my early 20s i um was talking to the priest that taught The Christian meditation. He's a monk named uh, Father Lawrence Freeman, Mm -hmm. and he is in a head of this national organization of Christian meditation and has traveled all over the world teaching. He's an ordained monk um, with the Benedictine monks. And I said, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing, like, why am I doing this? And he, of course, said, I can't answer that, you know, but um, why don't you just let it go and see what happens? And I thought, wow, well, he's not trying to convert me if he's just telling me to go on my own path, which is even more attractive for me, right, if people don't want me um, to look into things. So, about my early mid-30s, I guess, right after we'd moved to North Carolina, I just kept thinking about how I needed something to help me through the transition. I had no family Mm. and friends here. I was nursing a three-month-old baby when we arrived. Excuse me. My oldest daughter was three. And I really needed some kind of grounding and I found yoga Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. loved it. And I started my practice with Judith Valerie and she had another colleague that Amoy Yonglao, who was from Trinidad and Tobago. And I spent some time with them, just kind of, you know, dipping my feet into yoga and recognizing that yoga was meditation with movement. Mm -hmm. Right. And slowly finding my way there until, as you know, I did a 500 hour yoga training with Gary Craft. So I graduated in the fall of 2019, I think now. And, you know, he made me realize yoga is meditation. Yeah. And I'm studying the yoga sutras with him now. And we meet once a week and every week I'm reminded that yoga is about our minds. It's not about our bodies. Mm -hmm. It's learning about our minds so that we can manage the body we're in and some bodies can do amazing tricks and they've been doing it since they were 15, 20, 25 and some bodies can't and it doesn't just have to do with how long you've had a practice, it has to do with congenital um, conditions, it has to do with your age, it has to do with your history, I call it the history and geography of your body accidents you've had, um, Mm. illnesses that you've had, things that have created biochemical differences, um, neurochemical differences. And so how do we use yoga to manage that? And so I kind of moved from just the meditation to a deeper understanding, maybe an embodying is a nice way to say it, right, that I really began to understand how meditation is mind and body Mm. and how yoga is body and mind and how connected the two are right and really how ridiculous it is to see the world in any other way dan so much that
0: you just said that is resonating and i absolutely I love this yoga as a meditation with movement because that's what I discovered too after, because we, you know, we, we I'm both, sure you have. well, we mm-hmm. met, we met, you were, I don't know how deep you were in, in your yoga. I think you were doing, you were doing like a recurring, you know, the, what do you, what do they call it? The hours PUs that you have to do or
1: something. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whatever that's called. Continuing education. Yeah. Right. Now after, um, we met when I was doing my 200, my, um, my, uh, RYT 200. That's right. Um, and that was after, I think at that point I had been doing yoga for,
1: I don't know, ne-
0: next year is longer than I years had actually.
1: I, how know. I think you're, you're, you're about three to five years ahead of me in my yoga journey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. But during that time when we met during that time is when I realized so I had been do here's the difference. I had yeah. been doing yoga for all of those years for decades, right? D- did I, I, I practiced the day, you know, up until the day each of my kids were born, right? Mm-hmm but i wasn't actually doing the practice i was going through, and i know you know what i'm talking about i was going through the motions of yoga and sometimes i was dismissing the shavasana at the end and it wasn't until i did that that um, yoga teacher training that i realized that i'm a mover right i move my body constantly like i don't sit it's just it's just in my nature to move and what I needed more than anything was that meditation, and and I really get what you what you what you said with that meditation or yoga is meditation with movement, because that's what it's all about, right? the 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 uh, the asana is actually to get your mind ready for the shavasana. And I didn't yeah. even realize that. So it, it's, a. can you speak into a little, a little bit into that? Because I think that's fascinating because, and again, I had been doing yoga for all of these years. Now yeah. I practice it. It's yeah. a different, it's a completely different thing.
1: There's so much in that, Tracy. And I wish we had 90 minutes to do this. <laughs> and maybe know. we'll just have to do part two and part three. Right. Um, but what I'll say is, i get it yes absolutely i i feel like that was the same for me yeah although i had the meditation background and so i got shavasana too but of course i was completely drawn into the western way of yoga right so drawn into the western way of yoga that i allowed my practice in quotations to injure my body oh right and Then when you begin to understand that yoga is about the mind, Mm -hmm. you recognize through your practice that if you're willing to injure your body, you haven't quite mastered your mind. Oh, that's (laughs) a beautiful realization. Because you're not present with the practice. If the practice is, you know, so now I teach something called Vinyoga. Yoga. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. And mm-hmm. Gary Crafts, my teacher, is the founder and founding teacher of the uh, American Vinyoga Institute. And Gary studied with Desikachar and met Krishnamacharya many times in his mm. life. Um, for those listening, Krishnamacharya is the father of modern yoga. Right. His son was Desikachar. And um, and Gary was fortunate enough to start going to India in the early 70s while he was at Colgate University, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, studied for more than 40 years with those guys. Wow! And Krishnamacharya spent seven years in the caves in the Himalayan mountains, learning the practices. Like, how did these people... Relate relationship is such an important word in yeah. our practice and our lives. How did they relate to their lives? Mm-hmm. And what we've done for the last 2000 years, so Vini yoga is a lineage yoga, is brought these teachings forward into the contemporary world. Beautiful. And Gary has been the best for me. I mean, it's just who I stumbled upon, right? right? But he has been the teacher for me that's helped me understand that if we don't have a relevant practice for us and we just I just did this yesterday because I have access to a library of um calls and uh I went back and listened to the to the webinar on Yoga Sutra chapter 114 if we do not have a loving respectful enthusiastic devoted relationship to our personal spiritual practice then we aren't going to keep showing up every day. Mm, And so when our practice is just about our body or, you know, just about looking a certain way or just about being able to say, I go to yoga, then we're not related to our practice. Mm, We're related to an idea, as you might have been saying, You, you know, the idea of movement, the idea that I'm doing something that's good for my body, but we don't understand. It's not just good for our body. It's good for our vitality it's right. good for our vital systems it's good for our minds and it's good for all of our relationships right and if we can't see our relationships getting better then our practice is not working for us mm. if we can't see our bodies feeling more comfortable then our practice isn't working for us if we can't control the drama of our minds then we're we, we're not engaged with a practice that's working for us right oh that's a beautiful so to go way back. yeah yeah isn't it it is. It's all just, you know, been um, I want to say like showered down on me and I'm so incredibly grateful for it. Right. Um, so the type of t- yoga that I teach now is to support and sustain you, mm. your body oh, and goodness, your mind, I love that. <laughs> where you are today. And right. that's what life and wellness coaching is about. Mm-hmm. We—it's what parenting coaching is about. We have to find out where we are as honestly and truthfully as we can, right? And start there. Wow. What do we want from our practice? Right. And how do we move from A to B to C? And it really is small steps if we don't do yeah. it gradually. Right. Right. Yeah, Zan,
0: that is beautiful. I mean that is so so I teach taking your yoga off the mat and into life, right? I mean this mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. This they're mm-hmm. not separate.
1: They're not separate. Absolutely. You know, that's why I knew our conversation was going to be so good. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I mean that that uh, and 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 I'd love to hear your um your take on what it means to take your yoga off the mat and I it it, it it's evolved for me, you know, and that that understanding and it wasn't until I and it was, it was right around the time that I met you was when the, it all hit me. And when I started, when I started coaching and all of that, but that the work that I teach is taking your yoga off the mat and into life. Like you can take those, that what you generate on the mat, right. And, and yes. things like breathing into, you know, uncomfortable, um, an uncomfortable mm-hmm. position that's breathing into, you know, uh, discomfort in our lives. It. And then modifying it. it. Right. And that that going yeah. a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, but not to the point of pain. And I think that was that's the that was the realization that I had too. We're not like taking, you know, your yoga off the mat doesn't mean that you're like doing this complete
1: shift and it's gonna yeah. hurt. Right? right. That's not what yeah. it's about. Exactly. Yeah. And and at some you, point. Yeah. Sorry, ahead. I was just gonna say at some point I started using range of comfort with people Ooh, instead range of, of range of motion. because we can have a greater range of motion but if it causes a clunk or a discomfort Mm -hmm. when we're you know creating the posture then as Gary would say think of it as an internal scab so if you're going past your range of comfort into discomfort and you keep doing it just because you can and ignoring the pain you're picking the scab oh wow So the chance of you being able to get past that discomfort in your body is actually getting less than getting greater right but we in our western culture we don't like to give up on the fact that we are going to arrive at a point in our lives whether we like it or not i mean you can listen to all the positive psychology you want and all the people who tell you you can live to be 120 and maybe some people can right but we're working with our practice our bodies, our minds. And I think we just have to be graceful and give way. As that Desiderata poem says, surrender the things of youth gracefully. Mm, If you don't want to be in pain, and I truly believe that you're going to live more comfortably and probably longer with less pain than if you push yourself to some, or to drive yourself to use the vision-driven mum, but in a in a different context. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and that
0: that discomfort. goes back to the 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 uh, the, the little like the little incremental steps. steps. It's not the slam into, you know, into the discomfort of yeah. you know the, the on the mat or in your life. Like we're not. Yeah. That's not. We're into, you know, into, into slowly, slowly, slowly. So I I love what you said,
1: because when we go past the discomfort, we're not getting further ahead. (laughs) We actually become a bit disoriented, actually, because we've we've lost our focus and concentration. So we're not exploring where we are anymore. We went past it. Right. And so it takes a bit to get oriented again to refine the compass and work and i and i have to say and you know this about me too tracy um in 2015 i broke my humerus off the ball of my shoulder joint the right. ball fell out of the joint so it wasn't attached anymore and right. the humerus was free i mean it was leaning toward my arm obviously, oh, then, down, i can't but, even imagine yeah yeah and so for somebody who had you know just sort of i was five or six years out of my 200 hour practice and i was starting to teach with people drumming and i felt like I was cutting edge, you know, and even though I was 52, I could still get there, I could still do this, I could become this better and better yoga teacher. And, um, and I was heartbroken, because I thought, wow, you know, I just figured out what I want to do. I just did my training in my 40s after, um, you know, 10 or 12 years of, of, practicing yoga. Now I was beginning to understand how the meditation and yoga came together. And I look back and I think, oh, only just beginning.
0: Right. (laughs) Aren't we always just
1: beginning, though? It's a constant evolution. (laughs) Yes. Begin again. That was my newsletter a couple of weeks ago. Um, And so I went to see Gary and um, I went to Yogaville and I did three workshops Mm. of his three years in a row. And finally, the girls who were there and helping said to me, you know, just come and do the training. Like, are you just going to keep coming to Yogaville and spending a few hundred dollars every time instead of putting it all together? And and so I went and, you know, I already had quite a bit of movement, but, and I don't know if your listeners can see me, but when I left the hospital, I could lift my arm above my head with a lot of compensation from my right shoulder blade and upper back. So all of those muscles were really working together as one Uh instead of as their individual capacity. like Mm, Right. And I don't have a perfect movement pattern. I don't expect to. I have a plate and 10 screws in my shoulder. Yeah. But I was able to get it back from slow, consistent practice. Right.
0: I think that is a beautiful, beautiful lesson. I'm sorry that that you had to learn that that way, but that understanding. and, And here's the, and that you didn't have to give up on it. Right, because I'm oh, yeah, sure no the way. thought the thought came into your head at some point that I can't do yoga yeah. again. I'm not going to yeah. be able to do yoga. What am I going to do? But that you were able to, you know, that I love that, San. and I love that you've been able to um, to heal yourself. Yeah, with those you, little
1: steps. You know what we end up doing? We do what we can. Yeah. So we get back into that range of comfort. And we slowly try to put our hand back on the earth and, you know, wait for our shoulder and everything else that's been impacted by the amount of time that you stay in stillness in an odd position. And we just meet ourselves right there on the mat. And sometimes I would take a few breaths and then a lot of tears. Yeah. And that would be today's practice. Right. Um, Right. And, um, and that's just the way it goes but gary taught me to practice with the breath mm. so it's vini yoga is a breath-centered practice which means mm-hmm. each time you take a breath you're maintaining sustaining your nervous system in the parasympathetic mode which right. is the peaceful side right that's the side that does the digesting and the healing and the sleeping and if we can't get into that parasympathetic system while we're practicing then there's necessarily a little bit of tension a little bit of fight or flight a little bit of Mm. wanting to not be on the mat right now my practice is you know about how angry i am at what she or he said to me or why i didn't get the promotion we want to be present with our breath and paying attention to what the body is doing so that we can learn the movement pattern that feels most comfortable for us and if we don't do it slowly we're going to bypass Oh, that's and we do that off the mat too, don't we? Right. We bypass the movement pattern that's the most comfortable. We bypass the relationship pattern that's the right. most comfortable. And then we're triggered into, um, what do you call it, compensation. Mm-hmm. We're triggered mm-hmm. into angry tone of voice. We're triggered, and, and this is, we're learning about relationship through our physical practice on the mat. Mm, I love that. Relationship with the mind and then it's ripples out relationship with our partners our family our friends
0: that is so beautiful um so i would love to switch gears Mm -hmm. just a little bit i mean it's all it's all it's we're still talking Mm -hmm. about the same thing but Yeah, yeah you i don't know if you're still doing that but you were doing these um doing these silent retreats can you talk about and talking about that being in the stillness and being Mm -hmm. in the breath and all of that can you i would love to for our listeners to hear a little bit about what that what that means silent retreat and the benefits of it
1: okay so yeah i did a a Long, a five-day silent retreat the first time in 2008. And then I started doing weekend retreats a couple of times a year, as often as I could get away and my husband wasn't traveling, etc. cetera. Right. And, um, and it occurred to me that I wished more people had this experience. And I know you've right. had this experience too, to go into science. In fact, I think you've come to one of our retreats. I have, um, yes. And I asked my colleague and friend, Liz Holt of Open Lotus Yoga, if she wanted to, do these retreats with me. I said, I think there's a way to invite people to come to a much shorter mini retreat, right? Sort of like um, a pilot episode, right? Of, yeah. a, of a sitcom or something. Just come for a pilot and see what it feels like to be silent. And well, we designed it so that the participants were silent, but we weren't. Yeah. So there isn't total silence for people. And this just felt to me like one of those baby steps that we've been talking about. Just come to a long yoga class that lasts three, four hours, and you won't be in total silence because will hold you in the space of gentle instruction and offer you a gentle yoga practice and then a restorative yoga practice. And then there's healing touch, a little bit of massage, right. but the participant stays silent. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel like they have to say anything. You know, even I'm not even good at, you know, every time I come to an interview, even I feel like I do so much talking and so fast because... I just am so in love with what I want to share with the world. Right. Um, but in these situations, you really feel like, oh, I don't need to talk. Yeah. So I don't need to anticipate. So there's no tension or angst or contraction around what am I going to have to do? Right. You do right. whatever you want. Yeah, It's just like any yoga class. You can spend it doing a few postures and then crying or sleeping on the mat for the rest of the class. If that's right. what you needed that day. Right. And when other people will hold the space for you to be silent mm-hmm. in this introductory way where you don't have to be in total silence, like a chamber and isolation, we take up to 10 people in each retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a baby way in to understanding what that feels like and giving yourself that opportunity. Right. And so then of course we have, um, uh a little bit of silent meditation that's partially guided i do a few readings sometimes i do a bit of a talk kind of Mm -hmm. dharma talk style but you know i don't don't want to get ahead of myself um i'm the teacher that i want to be in the way that i am in the way that i'm present and ready in my life to be that right now and it will continue to grow and i have you know regrets some not regrets but you know, I have hindsight that says, oh, you know, I, I would have been better if I'd already read that book. Or <laughs> yeah,
0: Right, right. Don't we all? Right? Of,
1: yes, that's just part of continually evolving. Yeah. Um, so, to answer your question, it's just an invitation into this silence. It ends, we share a silent meal together or snack depending on the length of the retreat. And finally, we do something creative where we invite people to color or to read poetry or to write a journal do whatever sketch whatever would serve them it helps bring them back out of the depth of the silence right and um, and it allows them like a full spectrum experience of yoga and creativity and different ways to take your meditation into practice
0: yeah all right, now, are you still yeah. holding them? I know that the of so, course, live is always better, but virtual virtual is working too. And it's really, it's where we are. So, what happened
1: know? is we did. We, we managed mm. to hold, I don't know, maybe four to six virtual silent retreats right. um, over the first Portion of the pandemic. And then, nice. as you know, as we spoke about just before we um, came live, uh, my husband retired and I'm Canadian. So we repatriated back to Canada. Right. And um, we, I, so I've been in transition for this. Yeah. You know, I like to say my business is simply practice. Now I like to say we're practicing retirement. Right. <laughs> And, you know, my husband's eight and a half years older than I am. So, of course, he's more fully retired and I'd like to keep working. I still have some wellness and life coaching clients and I'm teaching virtually a couple of days a week. And Liz and I keep touching base about, you know, should we try offering another one? She has more access than I do. We've been stricter in Canada about managing um, COVID and the pandemic. And so it hasn't been as much of an option for me to go find um, those places. And, and a lot of the studios that I've contacted have not renewed their lease because they've, you know, lost so much going right, through the pandemic. Right, right. right. It's hard for them to make a commitment. But um so in answer to that, we are on a bit of a pause. Yeah. But I will definitely be back. And I'm looking into um places to doing for doing this in montreal and the laurentians you know outside of the city and i'm also planning to be back here four to six months of the year and oh great yeah so i feel extremely fortunate and grateful um and yeah mark and i are just so excited that uh that we set this up for ourselves and it's right working so far
0: so. right yes that's a beautiful thing and i um that the silent retreat there is something so and i think you know obviously this this is the vision driven mom podcast so we're we're we're, we're talking to moms here yeah i love how you um how you broke it down into three to four hours like that's manageable for, but you know, my kid went, I can't remember how old my kids, my kids were in, in elementary school, so they needed some, they needed, you know, my husband took care of them while I was at the retreat, but actually I took more, I took the whole day because, mm-hmm. um, just to be by myself, it was just a beautiful, uh, um, a beautiful, a, a gift to be mm-hmm. in silence, right? Nobody's asking anything of you and you're just, you're fully focused. On yourself and your experience, you know, and oh, yeah. and the way that we when we're when we come back to life, I like to say when you know if I go, I I just went to um up to the lake last weekend by myself, and had an amazing like I mean yoga on the dock, you know, watching the sunrise from the you know come up over the water, um Beautiful. paddling all by myself. I mean just the meditation that I was doing, and I it was oh, it was the walking and it was fabulous. amazing right
1: and i just want to say too tracy as mums, because i had such a hard time with that balance that you're talking about yeah. i and i you know i didn't i had retreats that i could go to for the weekend right. Right, but i didn't have anywhere else i could really go to be alone although i went on plenty of walks you know great yeah. right. grateful right, right. for um said state park um but i wanted to say to mums, do not be discouraged yeah. Take the five minutes, take right, the, the 15 minutes, minutes, that's right, hire the babysitter, do the three or four hour retreat. Um, you know, if you're in a position for a mother-in-law or a mother or someone to come and help your husband take the kids so that you can do a half day retreat or go right. for the weekend, if that's a possibility, just keep, I want to say, just keep touching the silence throughout the years of motherhood that require much more, more service. Mm-hmm. Right, just don't leave it because yeah. I promise that foundation will rise up and richly support you. Especially as your children start to leave and you have to make that transition into empty nesting. Right. Which, right. You know, I I know now. Yeah. And so many people stay invested, which is a good thing, but it's also you know, we got to be invested in ourselves. Yeah. Because after householder, we become this new ayurvedic, ugh, the word's not going to come to me. There's this next phase of life between I just um, learned about that this morning and I can't remember between, which, which one it is. Yeah. I know. I well, if I grab my notes, I could get it for you. But between empty nesting um and retirement mm-hmm. or even into the first part of retirement when we're still vital, right? right we're still upright. We still have life to live. And again, even at that point, the best gift we can give our children is an engaged, productive retirement. And I don't Mm. mean productive in the sense of, you know, the Protestant work ethic. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, actually, what I'm talking about is a productive relationship with yourself and your aging process. Mm -hmm. and your continued evolution and creativity what do you want to do from the time your children leave and for many people it's a continuation of their career right. for other people it's this incredibly newfound freedom because if you don't begin to have some of those dreams and things that you're looking forward there's a little dip when they're gone yeah and it's easy to fall into that dip which could right. be you know instead of postpartum it's like post-empty nest right right um But if you have something that you're driven toward because you have a vision, still, as a mom and a dad, you're doing your children a huge favor. One, you're staying out of their business, which, you know, it's not all the time like this. Every relationship is different. Some children want more attention than others, but some of them really want to be independent. Right. And you save yourself the heartache of them going on their little journey, and they need to go on that. Yeah. And it's important for us to let go. Right. So that they can mature and develop right and if you've set your heart on continuing to parent and live vicariously through them Mm -hmm. and they're the type that's more independent it's disappointing we take it personally right whereas if we have our own goals and things that visions that we're driven toward it's a little bit less rocky yeah change well and And we know what parents yeah. yeah, you
0: have you have hit the nail on the head with the work that I do. Right? It's 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 about vision driven mom means having a vision, and we're taking little bitty steps, right? Yeah. And, but having something that we're moving towards rather than yeah. dropping off when yeah. we're no longer doing the the parenting you know we're always parents right we're always mom but doing the parenting of the 18 years right that we're not dropping off like in 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 having our kids you said it exactly having our kids no matter what age we are no matter where we are in our 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 mothering our motherhood Mm -hmm. that we're even if you're a grandmother right that you are still your kids are still watching you they're still, still watching. watching you
1: and i was just gonna say going on 27 years tracy
0: right i mean still
1: there's yeah. less of it yeah but there's still there's still a relationship that needs to be cultivated right. and you're still taking into account your own growth and development and their growth i have three children so there's different growth and development to each of them right. the other thing i wanted to say and um also though as parents we're providing a model whether we like it or not right because the easiest you know i say all the time the easiest way to learn is through imitation it's um oh it's from chinese philosopher and i can't remember his name right now but he says there are three ways to learn the easiest is imitation and that's how we Mm -hmm. all learn right that's how birds and cubs and everybody with the animals learn to feed themselves get their kill whatever Mm -hmm. fix their nest just imitating and then there's experience which he described as the most bitter so one's easy one's mm. bitter and experience right. is when you touch the burner right or pick something up and it stings you or you learn quickly because the brain is is developed that way right. and the last one is reflection and it's the most noble mm. because we don't sit with the information that we have gathered. We're too reactionary and this is why taking yoga off the mat brings us into a slower pace in our lives and gives us a little bit more time to respond to what's going on. Yeah. And to put space between us and our reactions. Um, So I was just going to tell you that I had a friend whose father had died. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time for him to retire, he said, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. I I never saw anybody retire. What do you do when you're retired? And this is a bit of an issue, especially I would say still in our culture for women too, but because men have you know sometimes only had that role their career in their life. Right. And so when it's over, they then look around and say what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And really what you know part of what our career is if we choose to have children is to model wisely the next step to take right. as a parent. Right. As right. the parent of a teenager, as the parent of an adolescent coming into coming of age into adulthood, and even as the parent of someone who's eventually going to want to finish out their career or make a transition or retire and what does that look like and if you've had no model well that's exactly it and I, I i
0: i'm as i'm going back through our conversation you know thinking about you talked about the little steps and the practice right the easier so It's easier to get to that point Mm -hmm. when you are practicing, you know, and I I was just listening to this um, podcast that we're talking about breath and how, and we know this, right? It's the same thing with, with yoga. The more we practice, the more we, we do intentional breath work, the easier it is to bring it in during times of dist- distress, right? During yes. time, time, during difficult times. So, yes. and we're teaching our kids that it's not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sprint, right? It's not a, it, it's not a, it's not a race. It's a relationships
1: are not a sprint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it evolves and things change yes. and that it's okay. But as long as we continue to take the steps and, we can. I think we definitely have to um, have to do this again because we do. <laughs> just have just so much because to talk I, I, about. I, well,
1: I'll send you the quote after we get off because you might want to use it another time. But it's about the spaciousness that breath brings to right. our lives and how that changes us. And the last thing I want to say, just to parents, we're creating a relationship with our children. Yeah. We're not creating an end product. We don't right. know what our children are going to be. They have to listen to their own hearts. Yeah. And if we cultivate the good, comfortable, open, loving, respectful, devoted relationship that takes 18 years to solidify as a foundation, it's a practice. Yeah, That's our practice. And of course, we're going to be oriented toward that kind of practice of love and enthusiasm. If we make time and space for it. Right. And then we get to just watch our children unfold into the Lotus, right? Right. They become their own flower. They bloom. Oh, That's beautiful. We don't have to know what that is before they get there. I know in one of the things you sent me, you wanted to say, what was the most difficult piece of your parenting? Yes. yes, That's exactly what I was going to say right now. (laughs) My middle son was full of anger, which was from my ancestral tea. Because right. I was steeped in some pretty poor Irish Catholic anger. Mm, right. And when I said that to my meditation teacher, I'm worried about my son's anger. She said to me, well, you should work on your own first. Mm. And I was silent, but in my body, I got contracted and I got angry. I mean, mm. I can do it now for you. And I said, I'm not angry. Right. And oh, did I ever become humble in that very moment I realized how much anger I had right. and unbeknownst to me, and I think you've expressed this too with your own relationship with your children. I was sharing this anger with yeah. my children. Right. Because I would have a short wick and be frustrated. And I don't really remember this about my mother, but I'm the youngest of five and I'm sure she had a short wick. <laughs> yeah. Right. On many a days. Um, but that's the one when the teacher said to me, Well, one, work on your own anger. Mm-hmm. And two, she said, get out of his way oh do not try to stop beautiful. your children from making their mistakes right the longer you trip them every time they go to mis- make a mistake the longer it will take them to learn their, oh. own, their Zan, own
0: stuff that is that that is the lesson of parenting period <laughs> And the, like if we learned anything to do throughout our our parenting um career, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it is our journey, it is it is to let them be them, let them make the mistake that's so hard because. We, we don't gift. want to see them suffer right yeah. we want to we want to we want to wrap our arms around them and, and we're going to fix this it's going to be okay but yeah. the the i think that is the one of the the biggest most beautiful gifts that we can give to our kids is to back off know that yeah. let them know that we are here in any way shape or form yeah. that they need us yes and that they matter and all of that but that you know i'm again, here it's when about, you need help
1: it's about space right Back right. up and just help them absorb it after the fact. Yeah. But don't try to cut them off. You're cutting them off from the consequences. Yeah. That's where the greatest learning happens. That's where we learn, right? Yeah, that's exactly that's where we it. learn. Yeah. And then we always have to be humble and vulnerable yeah. and apologize for our own anger hunger frustration you know whatever that what is it hungry angry lonely and tired yep we have to get present enough to be able to say oh i'm sorry i reacted that way it's because i was tired or hungry or angry or right. something triggered me today in my own life they'll also learn through us explaining the model not right. just you know right but forgiving ourselves and them etc yeah. Thank you. This has been marvelous. Oh,
0: Zan. I have loved every minute of this. I think I definitely think um, it's been great to reconnect with you because I just yeah. immediately when we met and then we re-met, right? We met, we met in the yoga, yes. the yoga teacher training, and then we, then right. we re-met during networking. A, a networking. Yes. Um, but this has been a beautiful reunion. And can you share, um, share with our listeners, how can they find you? And before, before you share that, mm-hmm. I, love the name of your business simply practice it is perfect and Mm -hmm. i have loved that since the moment i heard it so
1: how can how can our listeners find you so i'm simplypractice.net and um it's ca in canada but you know they all go to the same river right and um i absolutely love the concept of practice also it's we can use it in every app Avenue. You know, right. you can practice speaking, you can practice role playing, you can practice changing your mood, you can practice on the mat, you can Practice going for a walk every day and start with five minutes and then right. 10 and then you know, it's it overlays my entire life. I'm practicing retirement, as I say. Yeah, practicing retirement. So simply, I love that. I love simply that. Simplypractice.net. Well, we don't know how things are going to be until we exactly. start to practice. That's exactly we don't know it. how good we are at gymnastics or swimming or public speaking until we start to practice. And right. and the practice is humbling, right? The first few yeah. times we do things, but if we think of it as practice, it's not so overwhelming. Right. Just practicing. And the only yeah. way to get better at juggling is to keep picking up the three balls every day and watch right. them fly all over the house and laugh at yourself right i also love that it allows us to not take ourselves too seriously yeah um you know right effort and uh right perspective these are the things that we're looking for yeah exactly. so simplypractice.net i you'll find my email there you'll find my phone number there um you can try some classes you can sign up for my newsletter i also offer a free weekday morning meditation from 7:55 to 8 15 every oh, day of the week occasionally okay. I take a holiday in transition right. um and we've been doing it since the beginning of the pandemic and I've just kept going beautiful and I absolutely love it and I have a meetup group um which is out of Montreal and Lower Laurentians but you can also find out about the meditations through my website beautiful. join us I offer it for free. I welcome donations just to pay for the zoom platform and my books and my retreats and my further education. Cause I study every month with Gary. Right. And, um, you know, if you want to go on this journey. Yes. It, it's a beautiful journey. And,
0: uh, yeah, definitely check Zan out simply practice.net. Yeah. She's amazing. A beautiful, a beautiful teacher, beautiful mm-hmm. person. And Zan, thank you so much this has been an amazing reunion
1: and thank uh, you so much yeah and thanks to your listeners and um and thanks to everybody who is finding their way into any kind of practice just keep doing it just hold tight hold fast to your practice it'll come it'll keep growing it'll keep taking shape that's it all right Mm -hmm. goodbye for now
0: Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom Podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? You'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy more connection and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.